punk rock, street trash, wastelands. And here are your hosts, long-time partners in slime, Adam Obscene and Mark and Mark. Hello world, this is Wastelands and I'm Adam Obscene. And with me as always is the mighty, mighty, he's very mighty, mighty Mark Mark. Hey, hey, Adam Obscene, reporting for duty. Hi, listeners. Glad you could make it to another episode. Lostners, apologies for last weekend. We had unforeseeable technical difficulties, but to the, today is your much anticipated, much promised episode. And what we are going to do is what we always do. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm just going to play this one. In the future, the world has survived. Romance has not. I want you to chase those birds till they drop. If you think it's tough to meet the right people now, wait till you go looking for a Cherry 2000. Cherry 2000. Oh, this, this movie actually adds is... Really good for what it is for a 1986 movie set in the future, which is our past, 2017. This is actually an enjoyable watch it once kind of movie in my mind. Is this the first time you've seen it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So you weren't old school. You hadn't. You didn't see it back in the day or in you know, 80, 80 video shop trawling? <laughs> no, no. This is brand new to me. So wow. I wasn't I, out I there looking that, for Cherry 2000. I find that amazing. I <laughs> know. Oh, I didn't find Cherry 2000. Cherry 2000 found me. That's how I think of it. Well, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the power of Melanie Griffith. <laughs> oh, she is so good in this. So, She's great. Listeners, just so that we get you this, let's get you the vitals and then we'll jump straight into it. So basically, it's a post apocalyptic uh, future where I guess you'd say that it's kind of like a cross between Mad Max and Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, romance is sort of everything has been compartmentalized and 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 turned into contracts um, in this world, and this is the Blade Runner part of it. Is that you know everything is done with lawyers, everything is done. It's business. It's mm. an '80s capitalistic. It's where mm. people thought that the '80s was going to turn out. And to be honest, it's if the '80s kept going where it was going, the shoulder pads would have got bigger. Nightclubs Ooh. would have had in-house lawyers doing contractual um, sexual one-night stand agreements. And, yeah, yeah, and we would end up having zones of metropolis-based, I guess, uh, capitalist sophistication, and then bring in the Mad Max component. Zones, which is just the wastelands where marauders and cults and you know and 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 weirdos um, li- live. Um, so it's like you know it's like having the main city in Blade Runner surrounded by Barter Town. Um, yeah, but that paints a very kind of like dark, futuristic sort of ominous element adds but it actually is kind of kind of a comedy it's it's totally straight up a comedy <laughs> um, yeah for yeah. intentional reasons and maybe unintentional reasons like there yeah. is a dose of comedy in there that drops flat when they're trying to be funny <laughs> but then there is a bunch of stuff in this which is just like 
absolutely hilarious. So basically yeah, what happens true. is that not only has personal relationships been commodified and turned into a legal arrangement, there's been humans which have opted out and gone, screw it, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to go down the world of the love bot. And so there's this young fella, Sam, who has his love bot, Cherry 2000, and Mm -hmm. she's like his dream woman, does everything for him. He believes that she's more than just a robot, but then she short circuits out and he has to try and get her repaired. Um, And he can't. And the only way that he can get a replacement Cherry 2000 is to get a tracker uh, to take him into Zone 7 to the abandoned Cherry 2000 factory to reclaim his... Yes. Because the the carcass, I guess, carcass, that's a bad word. It sounds horrible. But the, the body, because he can put the little mini CD into yeah. her neck, which is her personality and her learnt, lived experience. Um, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, it's like that whole... Yeah, genesis of like can you just take someone's mind and put it in their body so yeah so he's got to get a tracker and go out to the to the abandoned you know cherry 2000 warehouse which is in las vegas which is great because they do that typical awesome thing in post-apocalyptic movies where they bury half the shit in sand yeah it's great (laughs) so so you got the main street main the main strip in um in vegas and it's like you've got these like uh fiberglass showgirls sort of popping out of the sand and how funny are their faces dude like from a distance <laughs> they look cool They're up close mm-hmm. they're the most grotesque looking things i love it they're so cool yeah yeah it's a good touch so i guess um that's kind of like the the premise is that this guy who seems like a bit of a dweeb mm-hmm. to be honest sam heads up uh, he sort of he teams up with um, a track. He goes into the sort of the outer regions to find a tracker. He gets a hot tip from his uh, love bot yep. mechanic of who to yep. chase up. And he he looks for E. Johnson, who um, is Melanie Griffith, who is a tracker. He yep. sort of an automatically turns away because thinking, oh, you know, she's not going to be able to do it. And then walks into a bar and it's like a typical saloon, Western saloon scene, uh-huh. like in the uh-huh. future. And, and Lawson, as you, if you've been with us for the journey, you know how much we love a comical saloon scene. <laughs> so when that happens, yeah. it's like, yes. Um, <laughs> for sure, he got so he goes in there, um, and he gets he he tries to find another. He, he goes in asking for six finger, six finger Freddy or Larry, Larry, um, three finger Larry, three finger Larry, and uh, and he gets hornswoggled uh, by none other than Byron James, which is really interesting. Byron James is actually in. We've spoken about him a couple of times, but he's in Blade Runner, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's also um, the mad scientist in. Hell, uh, Frog Town Two, with Robert Bazaar. Uh, uh, okay, and so he's in this vein of yeah, so action comedy. So let's like let's just loop that back around really quickly. That so who's in it? You've got Melly Griffith is E Johnson. You've got David Andrews who plays Sam. Um, yep, Sam you, Treadwell. Yeah, Sam Treadwell. You've got Harry Carey Jr. who is an old school western sort of actor. You've mm-hmm. got uh, you've actually got Lawrence Fishburne in it, you know, uh, in there as the lawyer in the Glue Glue yeah. Club, which is he's actually has this great <laughs> scene where he's doing a contractual arrangement between two people. Yeah. Um, he and he's looking all very fly, you know, future fly for, for yeah, and I think yeah. he's actually. Um, 
he's actually t- uh, credited in this film as Larry. <laughs> Larry <laughs> Fishburne. Oh, wow. Yes, he is too. Look at that. Um, Six Finger Jake is played by Ben Johnson, another oh, old school finger. Westerner. Um, but, and yeah, he's J- great. And Byron Jaynes is sort of like the guy who hornswangles him. But to tie that around, you've got Byron James. You've also got Robert Zadar. So you, to, oh, he's my favourite. So to tie in uh, a frog down, frog, there's a total solid direct ancestral lineage from Cherry 2000 to Frogtown 2. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's like, wow. Yep. I, that really blew my mind. I went, wow, okay, that's that's pretty excellent. Um, and so Chet, <laughs> Chet is um, – Zadar plays is 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 a minor character in it, as is Byron James. But look, they're still in yeah. there. They're um, henchmen, sort of people. So it's a good cross between, and this is what I think is interesting about this film. It was filmed in eighty five, got a release in Europe in eighty six in the theaters, um, and then director. It didn't get a theater theater release in the states. Uh, it went to director video. Um, uh, okay. So it's a good combination of old school. Westerner classic actors, mm-hmm. um, B grade staples, mm-hmm. and then emerging talent. Yeah, and nice. So it's sort of got all that through. So that's kind of the rundown. Just some little, just some little interesting facts. Just before we jump into what we truly thought about it, um, <laughs> this movie was quite expensive. In it, it was it it cost a it cost a bit. <laughs> yeah, and, right. And 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 it made nothing back. Um, oh, so I think it was ten million. It okay. cost ten million um, of nineteen eighty five money. And mm-hmm. do you want to have a stab at what its box office was? <sighs> Two million. Oh, mate, fourteen thousand. Oh, that's oh. not going to do it. And Ooh, and I don't know. The lesson is I don't know if you know how box office works, but the studios split that with the cinemas. <laughs> 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 so it it bombed massively. Look, and since then has picked up a massive cult following, and like, sure. But I don't know if it'd ever make back its ten million. But that's mm. that's mm. epic, dude. That's a that's one of those things where you go, wow. But you know, I think there was all intention that it was going to be released in the cinemas, and I, that's the mm. thing. If you only release a film that costs ten million dollars to a limited regional market, say like of Europe. Mm-hmm. You're not going to hit your money, Mark, are you? No, you're not. You're not. It was so. I don't know why it never. Like, I think they maybe got shaky boots. But it's another classic example. For me, it feels a little bit like Waterworld. It's like when you know Waterworld or um, Thunderdome. Yeah. It's like it's not a cheap Italian. You know, knockoff. No, it's, it's a Hollywood. Po- it's a Hollywood po- post-apocalyptic film. Yeah, yeah. I got little um, snippets of Escape from L.A. in this as well. It's definitely got that comedy element of, um, yeah, yeah. you know, the tongue-in-cheek. Ch- tongue like, uh, E. Johnson could be the female Snake Plissken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's yeah, got yeah. that swagger and that, you know, that style, which I really, yeah. I, I really, she did, I really enjoyed her, her the way her approach in this, but... um. So that's kind of yeah. the that's the lowdown. Like it's it's a really enjoyable, disastrous, um, budget marking back watch. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, but it's Agreed. like I said, it's it's very watchable, right? It is very watchable. Yeah, I, I would say it's a, it's a good Saturday night in. You know, um, I I I I 
sometimes uh, the only way I can express what I thought of it was to make up an alternative title for it, Ads. And uh, I've called this one... Wow, my handwriting is so bad. Wow. That's a really interesting it, name to call it. Ah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like if John Waters made Escape from Palm Springs with a short detour via Las Vegas. It really is. It's got that. It's got that. It, and like we talk a little bit about um, in these past films, like Munchies and some of these films that have a very 80s feel mm. about it. And mm. and I, I explained a pretty dark scene of the metropolitan loveless community uh loveless society what gets interesting when they get out into sector seven is sam bumps into this is unexplainable and hilarious as for some reason of all places they run into the marauders and then he wakes up in this palm spring style poolside cabana with his little hawaiian shirt on and cocktails and it's his ex-girlfriend of, for yeah. all, all the people in the world, his ex-girlfriend has, has teamed up with the, the leader of the Marauders in this weird 80s dome-living desert cult. <laughs> yeah, it's like as if they took over Palm Springs and it, like it, they became a brainwashed cult that lived in these sort of like, you know, individual envirodomes and called it Sky Ranch. And yeah, the Sky, the Sky Ranch. Sky it was Ranch. Like, it, was like the, it was like the remaining – it was like it was a modernist holiday park on the outskirts yeah. of Palm Springs that mm-hmm, somehow yeah. survived the apocalypse. Yeah, for sure, but they're all a bit – all a bit uh, wonky, yeah, and like yeah, so there's yeah. Board they're all walks. a bit faulty. It's all bolt, it's all like boardwalks, and they're having. There's this one scene, Lawson's. I love it. Is that they're all having? They it's a com, it's a community, a cultish community, but they're having their cookout, and every dude has an apron standing at a Weber barbecue, and yeah, yeah, like, we, there's a yeah. lineup of twenty Weber barbecues that yeah, and, and it's that it's that it's that um, kitschiness in this cult that brings that sort of real eighty comedy flavor they're wearing pastels yeah. and it's white and they're in the desert um but they yeah. are a violent marauding desert gang that- yeah 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 and i love that i love the the little uh scene in that scene adds in the little um the, the tribal drums playing in the background so mm. it's like you've got tiki torches and a bonfire going and you've got all these like weird um not quite right guys dressed in 50s with you know barbecuing yeah. with tribal drums in the background and and you know bob zadar and um every, the henchmen keeping lookout because it's actually quite a dangerous wasteland but it, they're, it's, but it's they're in their obli- almost obliviously living in their blissful cult life <laughs> yeah yeah like like the lady says at the end oh no i shouldn't give the spoiler away no, you know? we'll, we'll we'll get to that bit <laughs> ah, um, but, you know the, the the final concern is like oh well uh, whatever you know no they don't seem phased no, if people it, get it, it, uh it's that Kill. sort of dropout. It's the fact is that they've actually this this everything has been like we said in this future has been so commodified, like it's by mm. you know say in the cities it's you know its deals are done. But these guys represent this this these people represent the dropouts. Yeah, and they're almost like this, you know, a conservative crew. Mm. It's not the it's not the misfits that have dropped out. It's the conservative um, middle America. You know, yeah, RV holidaying people, yeah. which have become yeah. the marauding, violent, you know, yeah. desert pirates. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, 
set in the future, you mm. know? And and I think that – so there's a couple of really interesting nods that that from the surface would be considered wholesome, except for there's a liberal dose of murder through um, through what they do. Um, exactly. E. Johnson drives a sick Mustang, um, mm-hmm. and there's a couple of really interesting scenes of her driving that with Sam – to get into the you know the quarantine zones to get the Cherry Two Thousand, and I've got to say, just a general observation: uh, excessive, excessive overuse of single-use bazookas or rocket launchers. Mm, <laughs> but true, single-use rocket launchers that are reloaded. <laughs> <laughs> they might have been left over from Frogtown. I think they might have been, mate. <laughs> Frogtown two. Frogtown two, of course, mate. What? I, it's a, it's a. I've got a bunch of, I've, I've got a bunch of um, stuff to talk about, but I just want to like um, dive into your little pickups. You know, what was the, okay. what was, what was the, the, the outstanding part? You know, the bits that stuck with you. Like clearly, clearly, this kept you. Um, engaged all the way through, right? There was no scrubbing. I didn't scrub. No, um, the 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 acting was pretty good. You know, um, it, like you said earlier, we're talking about a Hollywood production, so it was done pretty well. Um, it, it was it was fun in that I thought about it is in like if if you were sitting down with some friends on a Saturday night, a great trilogy of movies to watch would be Escape from L.A. This movie, Cherry 2000 and Tank Tank Girl, that would be a really fun trilogy to watch with friends. You know, they almost, would all kind they're of, almost the same universe, aren't they? Almost the same universe, you know, like you know, desert outposts and de- yeah. desert wastelands. And which, weird metropolis um, takes, you know, degraded or uber conservative metropolises like Mm, mm. yeah and there's a kind of like a smattering of ace ventura thrown in there for for good luck Uh, especially costume wise for sure um i really liked melanie griffiths acting in this i thought she was great she she did um well oh sorry what was her her character she did her character really well e johnson sorry this and it's interesting because about a year later um, so there was a bit of buzzer in, in 87 around Melanie Griffith at the time because Working Girl was about to drop and there was – and, you know, mm-hmm. she got an Academy Award nomination, may have been one for that movie. Um, mm-hmm. I think that if there was a reason why – this, I feel like this movie was shelved and we probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have seen the light of day except for that she became the it girl by the end of the 80s and then it got released. And mm-hmm. like, okay. So, you know, she actually cool. – she actually – did big stuff with um you know from that point on she actually had a she did a pretty big big career but this is kind Absolutely. of like the one that you know they there's always these great movies isn't there these sort of foundation movies where they've done a yeah. big movie or something like that yeah especially like, like with Lawrence Fishburne he he pops up in a couple as well mm. uh like this and then you know now he's Lawrence Fishburne that's it um speaking of Waterworld did you know that Kevin Costner was offered the um the 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 role of Sam in this movie, I didn't know that, but that but you could totally, totally fit in. Yeah, this would this would make if that was the case, this would make this the third in the Costner um, post apocalyptic trilogy of Waterworld, Postman, Cherry Two Thousand. 
Yeah, yeah, that would actually work. That's all in this universe. And like you said, Cossender's not in it, but this feels like that same kind of universe. That's and if you like that universe, this is a good watch. He's definitely um, channeling his best Costner. Yeah. And the hair was a little cost his hair was very Costner, but with a little MacGyver thrown in at the back yeah, as little, well. A little bit of little bit of party at the back. So Costner mm-hmm. uh did Silverado instead, which was a Westerner, which is not that far removed from the Western elements in this. But um no. a couple of the other little bits. Did you there's some Easter eggs in there? I don't know if you picked them up, but um the the, the whole thing about love bots and replicants mm. and trackers like Blade Runner, but there yep. was a scene when he Sam takes his the cherry to the love bot mechanic, and in the workshop there is the robots from Forbidden Planet from 1956 and the robot from the day the Earth stood still from 1951 in the background. I did not pick that up. Yeah, that is amazing. Like, I just went, wow, what? Yeah, what? yeah. So that was that was huh. cool. Um, so cool. The other one that I we mentioned I mentioned before Ben Johnson and Harry Curry Jr. were old westerners. Uh, you know they did a lot of they were discovered actually by um, that classic western director uh, John Ford, who did a lot of stuff with John Wayne and you know then so yep. and they started off sort of like as horse wranglers and stuntmen, but then in their own right got their own western films. They starred in nine movies together back in the 50s and 60s, and this was actually the final film that they starred together in. So that was... Um, Classic. So that was like Six Finger Jake and... Um, oh, the, what did he... The other guy had a... Uh, Snappy Tom. <laughs> Snappy Tom. Which I thought was funny because Snappy Tom's like... I don't know if it's Snappy Tom in the States is cat food, but here it was cat food. And yeah. I think that, you know, the fact that I thought, I don't know, this could be a really, I could be clutching at Easter eggs, but the fact yeah. that Mad Max ate dog food and yeah. Snappy Tom is cat yeah. food, like, and he was Yeah, that's in, it. As, well, uh, uh, in Mad Max, as, it was Dinky Die. Yeah. So, you know, Dinky Die dog food and Snappy Tom cat food kind of went hand in hand in the 80s in Australia. Um, <laughs> and he was living with his uh, young Young bride in an airstream next to a toxic waste dump. So, and he eventually turns on double crosses, uh, six finger Jake and, um, and E, yep. e and, uh, Sam because he has got an allegiance to the marauding cult of desert, desert conservative pirates. Yeah. Um, so that, and thought, gra- yeah, you've got a great pedigree of actors in there, Adam, which answers that question. Yeah. That's you why know, it carries it. It's what why is this good? Yeah. <laughs> There's, um, there is actually another Easter egg from another movie in there that I picked up is that, you know, so Sam works in like a recycling center and it's like there's that really cool scene where everyone's walking up ramps with trolleys full of like recycled goods. So in 87, they had that environmental sort of thing. But there's sure. a there's an announcement over the speakers in um, – you know, you know, that just if you don't pay attention, it was just like, oh, bro, so take your recycling to sector seven. But it sounded familiar, so I rewound it and listened. And it is actually the male um, airport announcer's voice from the movie Flying High in 1980. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes to show how many times I've seen Flying High. <laughs> oh, Flying High. Love it. It's like Dr. Well, Martin to podiatry. We'll have to literally um, do a deep dive on Leslie Nielsen's movies for sure. Oh, Leslie Nielsen. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> oh, there's a couple of moments we can't talk about at the moment. Um, so that's, 
<laughs> so that's so. I'll talk about connections. Like, um, all right. So all this right, this right. is the uh, Nightmare in Elm Street connection. Sam right. played uh, a foreman in Nightmare in Elm Street One. Uh, Marty, who was played by Jeff Levine, played the coroner in Nightmare in Elm Street One. Uh, Bill, Bill, who was one of the um, gruffians in the bar, Marshall Bell, played the coach in um, Freddy's Revenge, Nightmare in Elm Street 2. And um, Larry Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne, played the lawyer in this one, was in Dream Warriors, Nightmare in Elm Street 3. Oh, he was the orderly. Yeah. That's the other one he pops up in. Ah, thank you for jogging my memory. So, That's so, great. So this one has a has a legit Nightmare on Elm Street uh, connection as well. So that's so that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's really fun. I, that's very cool. I, I, I didn't know that. I look, I, I got to say, the reason why, like, I've I've watched this movie a lot. Like, so, have you? Yeah, okay, I've seen. Okay. Like, I've got this on VHS. I maybe even got it at the video shop back in the day, and really did love it. And and so when I. I picked up a lot of things in watching it this time around, like that I went, ah, like it's, you know, because it's probably been about five, six years since I've watched it properly, but I watched it deeply and um, pulled out some really (laughs) weird, cool shit. Um, That's great. So it's, you know, it's got a lot of, um, a lot of really great parts about it, but in generally it's just, it's, it's 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 made up of a whole heap of parts. It like a, if let's I'll just rattle off a couple of other things that makes it you know other films that I really love that it reminds me of Demolition Man. It reminds me of that movie with Sandra Bullock and Sylvester Stallone in that yeah. weird take at the future. Um, yeah, and that there's an underground and above ground societies. It's got that dystopian juxtaposition, mm-hmm. um, and then there's some just great great goofs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some great goofs in there. It 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 is entertaining and it's fun. Um, it's of that era, you know, where you know you can sit down and watch it once and go, "You beauty, that was great." Onto Tank Girl. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And I think um, one of the greatest things about it is that it had like most things in the '80s, a lot of great taglines. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my tagline thing. Oh, we're going to a tagline. I wish okay. I wish I'd still had my croaky, um, my croaky pneumonia voice that I had a couple of episodes ago yeah, because yeah. these taglines would that was the perfect voice. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. All right, so she's blonde, beautiful, and forever young. She's Cherry Two Thousand, a robotic woman that becomes man's driving passion until he met the real thing. <laughs> Ooh, sums it up. Uh, in the future, when the perfect woman short circuits, sex will be the an adventure. What? <laughs> <laughs> huh? oh, hey. um, there's a lot more to love than hot wiring. Oh! <laughs> and then this is the classic one that was on most of the video covers. It's, mm. need a bounty hunter? She's your man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Hey, Melanie Griffith, you did awesome in this. Um, mate. Yes. Body count. Body count. This is actually not a bad body count. This one has uh, 26 kills for 99 minutes, which gives it a 0.2 kills per minute, or a one kill every 3.8 minutes. Nice. And that's because of just the sheer number of uh, marauding cultish 
zealot goons that just get destroyed on the top yeah, of cliff faces. Yeah. Like there's henchmen. There's henchmen just like go plummeting. Like Melanie yeah. Griffith takes out actually eighteen, and David Andrews playing Sam takes out eight. So that was um. Body count. Body count. So tight. Um. I did find one thing perplexing, and I picked it up this time, and it was something that always stuck with me with this movie, is I never actually understood, you know, there's a trope in movies where actors, because it's plot convenience, can all of a sudden just, they know how to operate stuff that they should have no knowledge Mm -hmm. of. So, Mm -hmm. um, Sam can operate, like, heavy machinery, submachine guns, rocket launchers, and yeah. I was like, how? Like he's he's this dweeb that works in a recycling center for in the city, but there's yeah. a little tidbit later in the film where it talks about that he actually he fought in the frontier wars, whatever that is. Aye. So okay, because okay. he's actually a little bit brutal, right? Yeah, he can yeah, hold it, his own. Yeah, it's like he's stymied at the start of the movie. He is stymied and oppressed by that capitalist sort of dystopia that you mentioned, and then once he gets out and starts working with. Uh, E. Johnson, and they actually start out in the, the the badlands and the wastelands, actually getting into some um, getting into some action and some violence. He starts to de- develop his own sort of skill set, and he he kind of finds his feet. He's like he's at home, like it's the thing. And I think that this is the, that journey of discovery stuff, which is like he 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 was looking for escape. This is where I get philosophical for you. He was oh against, god, he was looking for escape through the relationship that he was having with a robot because nothing mm-hmm. felt real in that world. Mm-hmm. It was it was stifled. It was like it was all over-controlled. So he looked for an escape in something that was, was still seen as taboo even in that in that world. It was like, you know, having – they even say that they retired all the Cherry 2000s and all those dolls because it had moved on and he kept mm. his going. So he was actually – when 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 that thing that he felt was keeping him his independence and different to that society short circuited, mm-hmm. he really lost his way and became obsessed with replacing that that he had mm-hmm. lost. But in mm-hmm. doing so, found something else, which was himself. It's, it's, which a, was journey, himself. it's a journey and, of self discovery. Oh, and Melanie Griffith, mate, that's almost a good place to park it. I reckon. I reckon, mate. Uh, I think that's all we've got. Uh, Cherry 2000, 1985, 6 or 7. Good watch. <laughs> you pick. You pick. Uh, not available on any of the, f- the streaming services. So. Um, oh, actually, it is. Well, not free. Um, oh, got not it. free. Not the free <laughs> streaming services. You can, you can get it for a princely sum of four ninety nine on one of the many paid streaming services. Um, <laughs> and do yourself a favour. It is a good for shits and giggles. And um, yeah, it's, yeah. and like you said, do do yourself a triple threat, like Marco said, and chuck it in with Escape from LA and Tank Girl and Cherry 2000, and it works out really well. Marco, Mark. Mm, yes. How can the Lossners get in contact with us? Well, you can find us on all the social platforms, including bloody TikTok now. <laughs> They can go to our website as well, Adam. Could you please remind me what the URL is? It's uh, wastelands.com.au. <laughs> AU! <laughs> That's right, because we're in 
Australia, mate. It's from Australia, mate. And you can send us an email at wastelandsradioshow at gmail.com. Uh, We've still got one of them. We've still got one of them. And look, we're, and if you start, we're starting to get some um, emails trickling in. I'm planning on gathering them all up and doing a mailbag episode where we actually read out the emails on air to the other listeners. So, you know, a couple more weeks, uh, listeners, get your okay. get your emails in. That email address is wastelandsradioshow at gmail.com. And, um, yeah, you might get a shout-out on air. Um, Beautiful. So that's about it. Thanks, listeners. Thanks for bearing with us. Apologies for our technical difficulties, but that's what happens when you deliver a podcast in a small atoll in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Oh, uh, the hard. salt gets in everywhere. <laughs> uh, Marco, uh, Mark, is there anything more you'd like to add? It's good enough for me. And it's good night from him. Streets and trash. Like, oh, oh, like this. <laughs> <laughs>